It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Speaking of difference makers, David Montgomery's name came up as well. Thought it was interesting how he addressed the question about David Montgomery's future. He is out of contract. Uh, he seems to be taking um, stock of everything, or he was on Sunday after the final game, taking pictures at midfield, the soldier field, like it might have been his last game as a bear. We won't know that. This is what uh, Ryan Poles had to say when asked about David Montgomery's uncertain future. I've always wanted to keep David. I, I love his mentality, how he plays the game. I told him that to his face, and it comes from, uh, I mean, I, he's part of the identity that we had this year that kept us competitive. Um, now the second part of that is just the, the contract situation. Um, that's something that we'll see how that goes and if we can find common ground. I've, obviously, I've learned that you can want a player, and, and it, the value's got to come together um, for it to happen. But I love the way that he attacked this season. Like that's that's a guy that does everything right. I and mean, you all watched his tenacity, his fight. Like he, um, I'm a big David Montgomery fan. The business of football, David, is a cruel, cruel thing, man. Like to have those personal emotions about a guy, and then realize that you know you may not value him at a price tag that allows you to keep him is pretty, pretty uh, telling and interesting about what this world is in in the cutthroat world of NFL football. It'll be really interesting to see if Dave Montgomery's back in that locker room the next time we're in there. I don't think that he's going to go out and sign a hundred million dollar contract. Uh, I don't think that. Uh, I don't think it's guarantees coming back to the bears either. So it is going to be tricky. Here's, here's the thing that will, will help determine his worth in the open market. You can't ignore that. It's a very crowded uh, free agent running back field, the marketplace, yeah. you know, talk about supply and demand. He, he very conceivably could fall back into the bears price range. If he overvalues himself and doesn't get what he thinks that he is worth. And I think that, Ryan Poles was honest about David Montgomery today. And I thought that was refreshing because he didn't try to keep, you know, his feelings concealed. So he didn't drive up the price or anything silly like that. David Montgomery has been a very good Chicago bear uh, third round draft pick who got first round treatment and fulfilled a lot of expectations, not healthy always, but if they, if he came back and was the bears featured back, I think you could live with that. I think you could win with him. When when Ryan gushes about a guy, you kind of sit up in your chair because you can feel the sincerity in it, right? Like it's it's not hollow, and it's been that way uh, since he got here. And so there are those moments where you say, okay, this is this is truly uh, a player who's made an impression on his boss and and has and has earned that uh, trust and that that admiration, which is important. The other interesting question, though, David, to go along with is he uh, Ryan Poles was also very complimentary of Darnell Mooney and saying like you know he'll be back on the field in the spring hopefully, and, and that's another guy that they really like. But I asked directly, who are the players beyond Justin? With all, all the talk that we that we have about Justin Fields in this town, who are the other players in-house on this roster right now that you identify as blue-chip core building blocks for you? And I was expecting a list of five, six, seven names that the, the general manager was going to spout off, maybe going even too far down the list where we go, okay, no, well now he's stretching it. He named us one. 
David, he named us one guy. It came right off the tip of his tongue. He said Cole Komet, and then he stopped. He couldn't get any further. So, so I mean, like, if that wasn't the, the, uh, an illuminating moment of, of the state of the quality of this roster right now, I don't know what was. I don't know uh, when you were listening to that, what, what you thought of when you were like, oh, my God. Like, we literally went Komet, hard stop. It was a hard stop. What I thought initially was you asked the question, you must have been a plant because you knew he was only <laughs> going to mention Cole Komet. No, listen, like I, I see the football list. I see the football world like high level general managers in this league. That's, That's all right. I'm saying, right? And so yeah. like we're on the same page. We all realize who Cole was, who he's become. Like I I, I look, I, I I was on top of this from the start. It it, it did stand <laughs> out though, because uh, there are other players that would qualify and, and justify Maybe being in that range, Japan Brisker comes to mind. Jalen Johnson. Jalen yeah. Johnson. Uh, I, th- I think that the fact that he stopped after Cole Komet, if Jalen Johnson is watching this as closely as as the media that cover him, maybe he was uh, bothered by that. Like, hey, what about me? Uh, but I, I definitely, I definitely thought the same thing. It's not a long list, and it underscored just how talent deficient this roster really is and heading into the 2023 season where expectations well he was asked about expectations ryan pulls at the end of the news conference wasn't it dan he was asked about the expectations for 2023 and what's realistic and this is what he had to say to get better to get better to continue to bring guys in that can we can continue to we need to win more games um so some of those tight games i want to finish i want to finish better um and bringing in some playmakers, more playmakers is going to allow us to do that. So the expectation is to take that next step. I want to stair-step this thing to the to the top and then stay up there as absolutely long as possible. Um, and you, you got to be – I always go back to making sound decisions. And sometimes when you don't make sound decisions in the short term, it can look really good. But then it's what happens after. So – we want to make decisions that can last a long time um, so we can stay at the top, you know, have the peak and then the drop off after. David, that stair step model is terrific. And I really, I wrote this in my column for chicagotribune.com that this is the, the ideal way to look at this thing. It's the practical way to look at this thing to try to find the path that allows you to sustain success. It just feels like it's a pie in the sky aspiration inside these walls here at Al's Hall because in the 30 years post Mike Ditka, they've had 11 last place finishes and four playoff victories. The last time, as we've documented many times, that they had three consecutive winning seasons was in 1988. You were just a kid back then. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, like, like, I mean, it, it's, it, it, it's just like you hear those goals spoken and you're like, yeah, heck yeah. Like, this is what you should be pursuing. And then you're like, man, why has it been so damn difficult for this organization to come anywhere close to having a run of sustained success? So I, I wish Ryan all the best. And I hope that uh, over time, all these resources, particularly in this offseason, provide him the opportunity to make that stair step climb feel like an escalator. More context, courtesy of the Chicago Tribune. From 2002 to 2021, 97 teams finished with at least 12 losses. The next season, 15 of those 97 won the division. 22 made the playoffs. 29, only 29 finished above 500. 37 finished in last place in the division. And 50, 50 of the 97 teams that finished with at least 12 losses the next season had double-digit losses. That, to me, underscored where the expectation level likely will be when the Bears return to training camp next July. Regardless of how things go, 
in free agency, regardless of how well it goes in the draft. Uh, we talked to Dave Wanstead on the Mullen and Haw show. He projected that you could get realistically four starters in free agency, four starters in the draft. That gives you eight new starters on a team that needs a lot. So I eight think new starters and four of them rookie starters, right? Like, that, that, and the Bears led all teams in rookie snaps, as as Ryan Poles reminded us at the podium, by a thousand snaps. I think it was Dan. So I guess the final the final answer about expectations was a good reminder to temper them heading into uh, next season. I, you can get as excited. I think it's exciting about what you feel about free agency, about the draft and all the possibilities. This is great for our business. It's great yeah. for the NFL. But um, once you get back to the football matters and, and playing opponents, the numbers make it really difficult for uh, to, to predict, uh, you know, playoff type success next year, but they just want to sustain it. And I guess this is the next step on the ladder. Well, and look, like those numbers you just rattled off, like part of our duty uh, in covering this football team is to distinguish possibility from probability right and trying to do that in a way that's healthy overall and then people can can do whatever they want in their own personal lives to to approach it that way but it's just a, a, a responsibility to, to provide the context and the perspective that go along with it i think there have been a lot of things throughout the course of this weird season that have been misinterpreted on both sides of the argument i think there are people arguing against things that have met, never been said on both sides i'm guilty of it at times and and people on the other extreme are guilty of it at times i think what what i've tried to do throughout this this period is just to to limit exaggeration right and to make sure that celebrations are in line with the actual achievement and the actual significance of things and and sometimes you get hard heavy pushback for that and you get accused of things that aren't there but that's just part of kind of sounding this out and i think this entire year right like i think there's there's going to be an opportunity here very soon to decompress and take a step back from all that but i think there is a, a healthy middle ground in the discourse that hopefully this podcast is helping uh produce and, and we can continue to to make those steps but i think you'd agree with this that like one of the things i wrote in in today's piece um at chicago com is that that the celebration in this town is a never again jamboree right like i think everyone agrees that never again are we going to celebrate 14 losses and the number one pick and now it's about producing and showing progress and showing results and that 2023 for everyone is going to provide clarity that didn't exist in 2022 and that clarity is going to be hella refreshing you know for all of us to experience it's the inaugural uh jubilee it's not the first annual <laughs> jubilee there's not going to be another one if they lose 14 games next season and i think they uh in some ways i described it on the radio th this was the redshirt year for ryan poles now you have a a four-year window realistically that was dave wanstead's time frame too that you look at a four-year window with with justin fields as the quarterback you build around him and you hope to get to where you want to go and what we're going to do is I think focus on and, and work hard at trying to do this in the off season is the developments, the, the people, the, 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 the talk, the people that make the news cover those people, not cover the coverage so much because what happens then is you it get, you kind of lose, lose focus or lose the point. What's going on at Hallis Hall is very important. So the people they bring in, the people they go out to see, the people they, 
talk to, the people they hire as Matt Eberflus turns his staff over, perhaps. And he talked about that today, and that was interesting. So we'll continue to cover those things, evaluate those things, and the rest of it kind of is noise. Sometimes it's interesting noise, and we'll allow that to kind of fester in as well. But I think that you want to keep your eye on the ball as much as possible because this is going to be an offseason unlike any other that we've covered at Hallis Hall for the Bears. It's going to be an offseason of a lot of introductions. I'll tell you that much. And there are going to be a lot of new faces that are really significant to the direction of this franchise that we're going to meet. Again, starting with the team president soon and then getting out of the free agency class and then getting out of the draft class. And then, you know, usually Mother's Day weekend right around there is when you know, okay, you know, any roster moves from here are, are going to be kind of uh, on the periphery and they're just going to be minor moves. And you, you'll know. You'll know by, by the early stages of May what your 2023 Bears depth chart looks like. And then, you know, then then some really real expectations can be set on what, quote unquote, taking the next step really means for this team. Cool. So what we'll do is that on Friday of this week, when we get our usual uh, podcast, we will look at some of the staff uh, changes, possibilities, look at what's going on around the football National Football League as it pertains to the Bears, bring you up to date as much as anything in terms of uh, draft chatter uh what other teams are saying uh, what indy and houston and these kinds of things but we will be here periodically throughout the offseason just keeping you up to date as as the bears continue this quest to get back to uh sustaining success